Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. For free resources and free messages, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or call us for more information at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Peace and love in the home were squashed. And bitterness came on when a married couple refused to yield to each other under the flag of, I married you. And because Isaac and Rebecca both, you I mean, you show me a couple that's going to get divorced or a couple that is divorced or a couple that's having trouble, and I'll show you a couple that are not saying to each other, I married you, period. And I've seen some pretty bad marriages. And I'm thinking of my family where people stayed married. And they stayed married because they said, I married you. And because Isaac and Rebecca both did not do what it says in Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, they lost the love they had. It was destroyed. It's the very best picture of our love for the Lord Jesus Christ, our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. It has to be something that's maintained. We're called on to keep ourselves in the love of God in Jude one twenty one, Keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And in the same way, because Isaac and Rebekah did not keep themselves in the love for each other, but they let the Isaac-loved Esau and the Rebekah-loved Jacob creep in, and they were removed from loving each other. And so what we gain by incorporating times with God into our lives and incorporating times of prayer into our lives, we can lose that. We can lose that if we don't look to ourselves. Like it says in 2 John 1.8, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. And in the same way, Isaac and Rebekah, what they gained in the love that they had for each other, they lost because they did not look to themselves and say, this I love Esau business is causing me to lose my love for Rebekah. And this I love Jacob business is causing me to lose my love for Isaac. But because Isaac did not say, I married you, he said, I loved Esau. And the same for Rebekah. She didn't say to Isaac, I married you. And she says, I love Rachel a root of bitterness sprung up. It just shot up in that home to this point where we see it now. And because Isaac and Rebekah did not look diligently for the root of bitterness and say, cut it out. It's small now. The I love Esau, the I love Jacob. It's small now. Cut it out. See, they started out with a pure root of love for each other. They ended up with a root of bitterness. How did that happen? How did that happen? I mean, we look at it and we say, what went wrong in this home to come to this? It starts out nice, lovebirds, and now we're ready to kill each other. What happened? Every marriage counselor says, it's not just marriage counselors say that. God says that. God says that about the Jewish people. He says, I don't get it. He looked at Jeremiah 2.21. He said, yet I had planted thee a noble vine. God says to the Jewish people, I had planted thee a noble vine. Holy, a right seed. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy, a right seed. 
How then art thou turned into a degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me? See, we scratch our head. We look at this passage. I don't know what happened. God scratches his head when he looks at Jewish people. He said, I planted this noble vine. It was, it was a good seed, a right seed. How does it become this degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me in Jeremiah 2.21? Then we're told that bitterness has two serious consequences in Hebrews 12.15. Look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up, and here's the first consequence, trouble you. A root of bitterness troubles. And what we see in Genesis 27 is that both Isaac and Rebekah are troubled people. It's a troubled Isaac who we're seeing who's secretly going behind the back of, of his wife, Rebekah, to get the blessing to Esau. That's a troubled man. That's a troubled Rebekah who masterminds this great deception of her husband. See, that's trouble. A root of business is going to trouble you. And the second consequence in Hebrews 12, 15, is that lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Many be defiled. Esau was defiled with the spirit of murder as he vowed to kill Jacob because of the root of bitterness that was let between Isaac and Rebekah. Jacob was defiled by lying, which his mother pushed him into. Now, in verse 29, Isaac finishes the blessing, and he's given this ultimate protection. It's amazing. He says in verse, the end of verse 29, Cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. That's the ultimate protection that a man can have. Wow! God should be the enemy of my enemies. God should be the friend of my friends. I got it made. See? That's the ultimate protection. And it's clear that Isaac thinks that this is a great blessing and it's going to hold, it's not going to change because you notice at the end of verse 33, he says, yea, and he shall be blessed. I blessed him, I have blessed him. And he says, yea, and he shall be blessed. But has Isaac only blessed a person? In verse 29, what do you say? He's cursed a person. He's cursed a person. See, who has Isaac cursed in verse 29? He has the person who curses the one that Isaac has blessed, is now cursed. It's astounding that Isaac prays this prayer, cursed be everyone that curseth thee, because what we're seeing here is an Isaac unintentionally blessing Jacob, and Isaac loves Esau, and he thinks he is blessing Esau, but Isaac is unintentionally blessing Jacob. And Isaac thinks with this blessing that he's giving to Esau, he's giving the ultimate protection when he says, cursed be everyone that curseth thee, in verse 29. Isaac doesn't know that what he has just made, he's just made everyone who curses Jacob to be cursed. Now, who in this chapter has cursed Jacob? Esau. <laughs> just a little curse, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know verse, 20, in verse 36. Esau says, Jacob, he supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. Now he's taken my blessing. And verse 41, Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing his father blessed him. Esau said in his heart, days of mourning are at hand. Then I'll slay my brother, Jacob. That's a pretty good curse that Esau is cursing Jacob with. He's cursing him and saying, I'm going to kill him, and I'm right to kill him because he's, he's this and he's that. I'm cursing him. 
And Esau, instead of humbling himself under the mighty hand of God and accepting that God has made the decision to put Jacob over Esau, Esau has found fault, and he's, and he's cursing Jacob, and he's vowing to murder him. So Esau is the one who is being referred to in Isaac's blessing in verse 29 when he said, Cursed be everyone that curseth thee. See, without knowing it, Isaac in verse 39 has cursed Esau. Isaac intended to give Esau the ultimate protection, and Isaac has just given to Esau the ultimate destruction. <laughs> and, and by being cursed by God, it doesn't get worse than that. doesn't get worse than being cursed by God. And this is exactly what did happen to Esau. Because when Esau grew to a large people called Edom, then King David and Joab fulfilled Isaac's prophecy in 1 Kings eleven fifteen, where it says, it came to pass when David was in Edom, and Joab, the captain of the host, was gone up to bury the slain after he had smitten every male in Edom. David killed every male in Edom. David killed every male in Esau. Isaac has just prayed for that, and he knows he cannot take back his blessing. As he said it, this is it. It stands. Can't remove it. Isaac knows he can't take it back from verse 33 when he says, I blessed, yea, and he shall be blessed. Well, Isaac says, Yea, and he shall be blessed. He's thinking about Jacob, about he's blessed, but you know, he's not, he's no dummy. He's also thinking about Esau, and he's thinking, and I just cursed, and he shall be cursed. And he knows it's Esau. No wonder he's trembling. See? Without knowing it, he's just cursed Esau, the one he was trying to protect. Now, in verse 30, with the, we have this word scarce. And, and when we read this, it's like, man, this is a close call. In verse 30, it came to pass as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob. Jacob had scarce, had yet, was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. See, as we look at verse 30, there's a part, we just want to kind of clip out of here, just kind of focus on a little bit, a little, little statement. And it's these words, Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob. Just think about that. Let that set in. Let it sink in a little bit. Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob. Everything we've said about it, he didn't want to, but Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob. Those words, Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, they show us how God wanted Jacob to receive the blessing, and nothing was going to stand in the way of God getting Jacob blessed. Even the stubborn resolve of Isaac, his father, with his over-my-dead-body position, he's not going to stand in the way of God getting Jacob blessed. And what we saw in verse 29, how Isaac referred to Jacob as one of Rebekah's sons as opposed to one of his sons, Isaac is a, he, he's angry. He's hot. He's mad. Don't get near him. Because he's in a mode of, I'll show you, Rebekah and God, how I have only one son and his name is Esau. His name is not Jacob. See, Isaac was resolved to not bless Jacob. Isaac was stubbornly cleaving to Esau and his anger against Rebekah and God and Jacob. It couldn't have been more clear, and that was a big obstacle for Jacob to be blessed. But God overcame that obstacle of Isaac not wanting to bless Jacob, and that's why those words, Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, are so important for us to see. Because what we see in Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob is that God's purpose will not be stopped by any obstacles. Even if his own Isaac, even if God's own Isaac tries to stand in the way, God's going to accomplish his purpose. 
And think about the obstacle of God's own Isaac not wanting to bless Jacob with those words in your mind, in our minds. Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob. Think about how Jacob represents the Jewish people. Actually, all the Jewish people come through him. But think of Jacob as representing the Jewish people in this place. And think of God's own Isaac as the church. And think about how church leaders like Martin Luther have been against the Jewish people when Luther wrote his book, The Jews and Their Lies, and said in his book, put all the Jews in their synagogues and burn them. And what won't burn, cover it with dirt. He was mad. Think about how in the past, church leaders like Luther have been like Isaac in their resolve to not bless Jacob. And was Isaac successful in not blessing Jacob? The answer is in verse 30. Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob. The Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob is a great encouragement for us to continue to bring the gospel to the Jewish people for them to be blessed with salvation. To continue to pray for the Jewish people to be blessed with salvation. To continue to hope for the Jewish people to be blessed with salvation. The summer blitz, we're on the heels, the cuffs are going to start soon. We're over 100 students are going to work for 12 weeks in 14 cities in U.S. and Canada, and they're going to bring the gospel to the Jewish people and so that the Jewish people will be blessed with salvation. And what will those students find when they go out for those 12 weeks? Obstacles. Isaac obstacles standing in the way to block the Jewish people from being blessed with salvation. Those students will find the Isaacs standing in their way to block the Jewish people from getting salvation, those students are going to find the Isaacs in the form of rabbis who are going to stand in the way of those students. Those students are going to find the Isaacs in the form of the years of prejudice against Christians standing in the way against those students. And just as it looked as though Jacob would never be blessed, it will look to those students as these Jewish people will never receive the blessing of salvation And should those students just give up and just say, well, you know, there's just too many insurmountable obstacles here. Stand in the way of the Jewish people receiving the blessings of salvation. I'll go to the Eskimos instead. (laughs) You know, what's the use? Should they do that? No. Why not? Because of verse 30, Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob. When those students will look at those Jewish people in their unbelief, when those students will look at all the obstacles against the Jewish people being blessed with salvation, those students are going to ask the age-old question of Romans 11.1. I don't know. Has God cast away his people? Kind of looks like it. (laughs) And for those students, the answer is, and the answer will be, Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob. See, this statement in verse 30, Isaac had made an end of blessing, blessing Jacob, was one of the greatest encouragements to pray for, hope for, go to the Jewish people for them to be blessed with salvation. And you look at Isaac, and you look at his resolve to disregard Jacob. And we ask the question, did God, hmm, Genesis 27, I wonder, maybe God cast away Jacob. We say no, for one simple reason, Romans 11, 2. God hath not cast away his people for whom he foreknew. 1 Samuel 12, 22, the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Psalms 94.14, the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. 
But God says, okay, there is a time when I'll cast him off, and he explains it in Jeremiah 31, 35, and 37. He says, thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances for moon and of the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. If these ordinances depart from before me, so you can stand out there and you just say, okay, I'm just waiting for the sun not to rise every day. And I'll look up every night. I'm just waiting for there to be no stars in the sky. And I'm just waiting for the waves to stop. And he says, he says when that happens, he says, if these ordinances depart from me, in verse 36 of Jeremiah 31, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured, so get your measuring tapes out, you know, and the foundations of the earth searched out, so get your shovels. I will cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. And what will happen to the Jewish people? Romans eleven twenty six: Israel shall be saved, and so all Israel shall be saved. What is God's purpose for the Jewish people? Acts 3, 25 through 26. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kingdoms of the earth be blessed. Unto you, unto you first, God, having raised up his son, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. See, God's purpose for the Jewish people is in turning away every one of them from their iniquities. That's the blessing. Does it look like that's going to happen? Does it look like it now? Like the Jewish people are going to receive this blessing of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ and be turned away everyone from his iniquity? Today, seeing the Jewish people being blessed with salvation is as likely as Jacob receiving the Abrahamic blessing in this chapter in the first four verses of this chapter. We'd say, no way. But what we see today in the Jewish people is not the final outcome. And what we see in the first four verses of Genesis 27 is not the final outcome because there is a verse 30 in Genesis 27 that says Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob. And there's a verse 26 in Romans 11 that says all Israel shall be saved. And Genesis 27 starts out looking like Jacob is never going to be blessed. But by the time we get to verse 30, it's Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob. And Romans 11 starts out and looking like the Jewish people will never be blessed with salvation. But by the time we get to verse 26, it's, and all Israel shall be saved. So with Genesis 27, 30 in mind, Isaac had made an end to blessing Jacob. We continue to pray for, to go to, to hope for the Jewish people to be blessed with salvation. Now, verse 30 here, look for Jacob and Rebekah. This was a really close call. Like we said, you know, scare, yet scarce gone out from the present. And he's just barely received the blessing. And I, he's like, they might have bumped into each other, the, the doorway. You know, what are you doing here? Oh, nothing. You know? <laughs> I mean, this is cold. It's like we're, we're wiping. I go, this is drama. There's a lot of drama here at this time. And Jacob's scarce gone out. Boy, you know, that's kind of a description of Jacob's life. You know, Jacob was yet scarce gone out. You know, this happens, you know. And one, one description that you don't find for Jacob's life is boring. Jacob's life is not boring, <laughs> he, you know, and there's it, just drama all the time. And it teaches us that if a believer resolves to serve God, his life will never be boring. Be like Jacob. See, the life of a dedicated Christian will always be a life of Jacob was scarce gone out. It'll be a life of getting away from a city by being let down uh, over the wall in a basket. But it'll be a life of getting away from the city. Scarce, he was scarce gone out. So serving the Lord Jesus Christ is a great life but it's got a lot of drama. <laughs> so <laughs> and don't you just love how God loves drama? He seems to. 
You know, we could have created some time there. So when we look at verse 30, we feel the tension. And there are more tension we see here. You know, it's not just the scarce gone out, but these words like his father in verse 30. It doesn't say Isaac. It says Isaac, his father. Verse 30, it doesn't say Esau. It said Esau, his brother. Now, we know Isaac was Jacob's father. We know Esau was Jacob's brother. So why does it say Isaac, his father, and Esau, his brother? Because by calling Isaac, his father, and calling Esau, his brother, it's making you feel the heat of the emotions here. It's not just Isaac that Jacob's, it's Isaac, his father, that Jacob has lied to. It's not just Esau he stole the blessing from, it's Esau, his brother. And notice at the end of verse how it mentions that Esau just returned from hunting. So now we're seeing weapons, <laughs> weapons of killing. And so we're thinking to ourselves, oh, Esau's ready to go on another hunting trip. I'm going to go hunt for, for Jacob, <laughs> kill him. Now, verse 31 tells us that he made the savory meat. So evidently, Esau's been home for a while. And when he comes in, he's already got the savory meat in hand. And, and boy, that really makes, really, when you think of that, he's been home for a while. Jacob's really been under the gun. And now we change our focus to Esau. So now we're looking at Esau. What do you think that Esau was thinking when he walked into the tent with the savory meat in his hand? What do you all think? What do you think? What's on Esau's mind? I'm going to get the blessing. I'm going to get the blessing. And is he confident? Oh, he's confident. Is he expecting? Oh, he's expecting. And so he has no idea what has just happened between his father and Jacob. He's, he's, what he's got his idea in his mind, he's like, I got him in the savory meat. Ooh, this is good stuff. This will do it. And, and he's expecting to receive the blessing. He doesn't know that he will not receive the blessing because it's already gone to Jacob. He doesn't know. He thinks he's going to receive the blessing. He doesn't know that he's not going to receive the blessing. He's, a, he's about to get the shock of shocks when he learns there's no blessing there. And that picture of Esau in his confident coming into the tent with the meat in his hand, thinking that he's got everything he needs to receive the blessing, that's a picture of the lost when they die. In Matthew 7, 21, where the Lord says, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then I'll profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. See, we look at these people in Matthew 7. They're dying in a state of confidence. They're dying in a state of expectation. They think, it's okay for me to die because I'm going to heaven. I'm going to a better place. I can't wait to say, they're going to say, I can't wait to say, oh, I've been to church. Oh, look, I prophesied in Jesus' name. I cast out devils in Jesus' name. I did many wonderful works in Jesus' name. I'm looking forward to dying because I can't wait to come to heaven and show God all my works. I'm so confident I'm going to get to heaven. I expect to be led into heaven. That's a picture of Esau. He's coming and he enters into Isaac's tent. He's saying, this is my day. This is the day I've waited for. This is the day I've dreamed for. All this is going to be today. It's all going to be mine. You see everything around here? It's all going to be mine today. I can't wait to show my father this beautiful savory meat I made for him special today. I'm confident now that I expect the blessing. Esau was confident, but it was a false confidence. Those who never knew the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are confident to going to heaven. You have 100% assurance you're going to heaven? Most many will say, yeah, you bet. But there are 100% false confidence. Esau expected to receive the blessing, but it was a baseless expectation. Those who never knew the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior expect to go to heaven. It's a baseless expectation. Esau will soon be shocked to find out he's not going to get the Abrahamic blessing. And those who die without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ will not enter heaven. And the shock of it all 
is seen in Luke 13, 23. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? He said unto him, strive to enter in to the gate, straight gate. Many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in, will not be able when once the master of the house has risen up and has shut to the door and you begin to stand without and to knock and saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto him, I know you not whence you are. Then shall you begin to say, Well, we've eaten and drunk in your presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. And he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Then there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, when you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. They shall come from the east, the west, the north, the south, shall sit down in the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for teaching us this morning, Lord, from these scenes that you've taken so much time to put down for us in Genesis 27. And we pray, Lord, that you'd help us to not let anything slip. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. If you would like to hear more of this message or other messages by Tom Cantor, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or go to itunes.com and search for the Friendship with God podcast. All messages are cataloged by date and all available for free listening and free download. You can also call us directly for more information at 800 247 3051. What are you doing this Thursday? Come to the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California for our Thursday night Bible study and fellowship. This Thursday at 6.30 p.m. we'll study aliens, UFOs, and what the Bible says about them and answer the question, are we alone? And what does God's Word say about close encounters of the fourth kind? Join us at the Creation Museum in Santee, California. Call us 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or creationsd.org, creationsd.org.